0: Welcome to Greenwood on Deck with your host, Clay Sprouse. We are meeting our talented residents who are shaping the social and cultural landscape of Greenwood, South Carolina. Greenwood on Deck is a production of CES and presented by Anchor. Welcome into episode nine of the Greenwood On Deck podcast. Episode nine, take three. That's the running joke here. Uh, we have today's guest is Travis Moore, Greenwood County probate judge. Travis, thank you uh, for hanging in there with me while we're trying to get this podcast launched off the ground.
1: We're rolling. If this is the worst thing to happen today, we're doing pretty good.
0: That's true. That's true. We were we were outside on Main Street, and it's really a beautiful day outside after all this rain and the city of greenwood employees are doing their job and they're blowing off the sidewalks and it it, the leaf blower does not make for good conversation
1: no but it (laughs) makes it an interesting morning and that's okay though i'm i'm proud of the city employees for doing their job
0: that's right so uh let's kind of dive into your background a little bit as far as greenwood is concerned so you're a 1986 graduate of greenwood high school yes um Born and raised in Greenwood, born and raised. Yeah. And uh, you continued on your education uh, to Anderson, where you and I have kind of had this discussion a little bit already. So it was an associate's degree from Anderson College.
1: And you went to Anderson for a completely different reason, right? That's correct. My entire high school career was just built on wanting to be a DJ. And I know it's probably not very financially beneficial but that's what I wanted to do and so I I went to Anderson Junior College with dreams of uh, getting into broadcast journalism either um, radio TV or something and as a two-year school I got that degree um, after Anderson Junior College I put out some uh, applications to your University of Georgia which has an outstanding journalism program University of South Carolina which has an outstanding journalism program but then on a whim I just something made me apply to Furman University and some, somehow they accepted my application, which is kind of funny in and of itself. And I just said, well, why don't go to South Carolina or Georgia if I can go to Furman? Um, when I got to Furman, I said, well, I want to graduate as soon as I can. And I went to the academic advisor. And I said, what do I need to major in to get out of here the fastest? And they said, with your transfer credits, I would say political science. And I was like, sign me up let's get out of here.
0: Well, you know, uh I'm a graduate of the University of South Carolina as well, but I started out at Lander and I kind of did the same thing. I was like, uh, what's the easiest path to get through here? I just want to show people that I can earn this piece of paper. What's the best way? Well, you've got political science. I was like, love it. Let's right. Go. Let's go for it. And you took a path that a lot of people a lot of poli sci majors do and you decided to go on to law school. So you left the
1: DJing behind. Right. Even though, do you still spin records? I, I still do that on, on the <laughs> side. I, I do. I do weddings, reunions, especially 1980 class reunions. Really? Oh yeah, that's I, I do a good bit of that. So. Do you
0: you have all the DJ equipment? I've got all the
1: equipment. Got the microphones, the speakers. So
0: there's still a passion to do that. That's my
1: first love. You know, I can't give that up. I know you
0: yeah. can't ever give up the to first. I still say love. I
1: practice law to support that habit. Okay. And well, you probably understand. That. I
0: I do understand that yeah. habit. So you moved on to the USC School law. Um, Now, a lot of folks that know you probably know that your dad is a judge or was a judge for a long time. He's retired now, Uh, and he got to sit on the South Carolina Supreme Court, which is a huge honor. Not a lot of folks get to do that. Um, Were you were you? popular in law school because your dad was on the supreme court well, like or? i said
1: if i if i was i didn't realize it right it was probably a good thing because as we discussed earlier i was 23 and 24 and had a lot of other interests um but it was really neat to have him working at the supreme court um when i was in law school because i would ride my bicycle i lived right near the horseshoe and so i would go up there and have breakfast with him and i would go to the supreme court and um And kind of hang out with them so it was kind of neat i think the professors enjoyed having me there because they would criticize some of the supreme court opinions and and i just would sit there and they probably knew that my dad was on the supreme court so it made some interesting conversations
0: did they ever did they ever dissect a particular uh hearing and specifically point
1: out your father oh of course if he was the author of the opinion you know the way the supreme court works is one of the five justices writes the opinion and the other four can either you know, agree with it or not agree with it. So, if he was the lead author, they'd say you know, Justice Moore said this, and we think he missed the boat, and that's fine. I, I remember when I was practicing law, I, there was a case that he had authored, and I had to take the opposite view of it. You know, I was sure. like, somebody brought it up in in court, and I'm, I knew it was my dad's opinion, but I was like, yeah, I disagree with that opinion. So, um, was, you know, that brings up an interesting
0: question. So, uh, around the Thanksgiving table or around Christmas. Is is law still a discussion between you and your dad? Was that always a topic of Not conversation, really, or, or did, he, he was is there, that something he, that y'all kept separate?
1: We we kind of keep it separate. We never really talk politics because um, uh, politics and the judiciary sh- or don't go together. So we've never talked politics. We really don't talk law a lot. Uh, really, occasionally we'll talk about it, but we really don't.
0: Well, yeah. I think that's a it's a fascinating. Uh, it would be a fascinating conversation to say the least if y'all were to get into specific opinions but maybe that's the beauty of it that's yeah. what you both did as a do for a living and what he did for a living maybe it's best to kind of keep it away so you decide to return home to greenwood to practice law <clears throat> excuse me any particular reason why you decided to come home
1: well, I always loved Greenwood. Um, I never wanted to go anywhere else. Um, so I kind of always knew that I was just going to come back to Greenwood for whatever reason. some mom and dad are, and I'm kind of, you know, as they say, a mama's boy. And so I, I just enjoyed the, the people of Greenwood. So I came back here. I started working with Marvin Watson and Chuck Watson, and they mentored me. Uh, Marvin Watson, as you know, is probably um, one of the great legal characters around here. And he, I remember the first day of my employment he brought me in he said here's the key to practicing law he said you're gonna win cases you should lose and you're gonna lose cases you should win but you just pick up the briefcase and just keep going right and and that's has proven true but that's what he told me on the very first day of my legal career now
0: you became a you became the greenwood county probate judge in 2010 that's correct
1: um do do you miss the private law side of it? Um, somewhat. Um, you know, I don't miss the business side of it. Uh, you always say you can be the best lawyer in the world. If you don't have business sense, you're not going to make money. Um, and so it's really, a, a, it's more difficult than people realize to make money practicing law. Um, but I, I do miss representing the people. Um, I do. I, I'm a competitive person by nature. And so when you step into the courtroom, it is, you're locking horns with somebody, you're preparing, you're waiting for that one day. And, and so it's an adrenaline rush to go into court. Um, you win some, you lose some, and you move on to the next case. And and I do miss that, but I I, I think I, my personality is better suited to be a judge.
0: Well, you and I you and I I asked you this question earlier, and I, I really enjoyed your answer to this. The question is, would you ever want to return to practicing law?
1: You're Right. Well, you know, probate judge. It's a four-year term, and so the people of Greenwood get to select the probate judge. Um, I've often thought, you know, well, if I don't win an election, then what am I going to do? And I probably would get back into practicing law and so i I think i would go into it with a lot more knowledge than i had right out of law school obviously
0: but you're in the middle of your third term third term that's correct and after 2010 which was you had to go through a you did not have to go through a primary
1: well i did oh you did go through a primary
0: session have
1: you have you ran a pose since then i've not and really interestingly that 2010 race um, I had an opponent, Robert Cohn, who's a good friend of mine. That was the first contested probate judge election in Greenwood County, I think, since 1969.
0: Was the probate judge prior to that the same person yes, the whole entire it normally, time?
1: It's just not a contested race for whatever right. reason. Um, and A lot of people don't even realize that it's on the ballot. Right, Um, And I I think I was probably guilty of that, too, until I realized how the system worked. But
0: you have mentioned to me before that it's a pretty substantial filing fee in order to run. It
1: is, and it's based on – it's statutory. So every county has – it says what the filing fee would be. It's a percentage of the base salary set by the legislature. Gotcha. So – Can you give a
0: very quick summary in layman's terms? What does a probate judge do?
1: Okay, well, probate judge, we handle several different things. Most people know us, but we help people administer estates. When they have a loved one pass away, uh, they either have a will or they don't have a will. And so they come to our office and we help walk them through that process. Um, Sometimes it can get tricky. Sometimes uh, we say the black sheep of the family wants to come in and say they were left out. Uh, Somebody might say that, you know, um, that, you know, Grandma was unduly influenced by the long lost cousin out in Ohio that flew in to hospice care to help them change the will on the deathbed. So we, we have those type of issues. Um, we also do involuntary commitments for mental health and chemical dependency. So if you know someone who has a an alleged chemical dependency or a mental illness, um, you can contact our office and there's a procedure that we can help try to get them help. And that's a large portion of what we do. We also, you you, mean keep going with what we did? Yeah, yeah, go ahead, go ahead. Um, The other thing we do is we do guardianships and conservatorships for people who um, cannot make decisions for themselves. If a a doctor says that someone can no longer make decisions for themselves, it might be because of mental incapacity. It might be dementia, Alzheimer's. It might be a um, might be coronavirus. They might be intubated. Um, We've been seeing a lot of that. Really? Um, Yes. And so if they don't have a power of attorney, somebody to make decisions on their behalf, they come to probate court to get the paperwork to allow somebody to make their medical decisions, a conservatorship is their financial decisions. So we do both of those. And in the midst of all those things, we also issue marriage licenses. So that's the bright spot. in what we do so we, you know, despite we're dealing with um, people that pass away, um, mental illness, chemical dependency, guardianships and conservatorships, we issue marriage licenses in the midst of that. So it's kind of a wide variety of things,
0: right? There seems to be a lot of nasty in this world. Is that applicable here? I Um, mean, do you you see, I mean, especially when you're talking about estates, you're talking about people dying. Sometimes you're talking about
1: money. Right. And so do do you get that side of it? Of course, we see that a lot. And and our job is to help people through that. And um, I've often said that people come to probate court are dealing with one or two things most of the time. It's either grief or greed Um, and normally the facts kind of bear out which one it is sometimes um, you know they have to bring evidence to court and so it it plays out in the in the judicial process and it normally works I think um, despite um, what some people think the process does normally work. Uh, Do
0: you find yourself being an arbiter? Are a decision-maker, which, which one is more...
1: And, and that's a great question, because um, a lot of times you say arbitrary, like a mediator. Uh, sometimes I am kind of a mediator, kind of just saying, hey, you know, each of you got lawyers, um, y'all both think you're right, but you're arguing over, um, you know, a $100 painting that was purchased at the flea market. You know, this really doesn't make a whole lot of sense, you right. know. And so sometimes you do try to mediate the case, and then sometimes you're dealing with other things that is just a very close... Um, question on the legal side and it's some tough cases sometimes
0: so in doing my research I saw that it said that you're also involved in drug court and veterans court the drug court piece is that kind of what you were just talking about um, with
1: no, I, I was talking about the involuntary commitment process okay. to get someone but the drug court veterans court is something that I was um, appointed to um, last year it's um, the solicitors program and it's an intervention program if somebody has a criminal charge of drugs Um, they can plead guilty but go through this program and I oversee that program and it's with veterans um, and also um, drug charges and it kind of walks them through the program but we do that once every two weeks. Great. But that's not really under the probate court umbrella I'm just kind of doing that on the side. Um, Well
0: it sounds like that you've you've really got a lot of influence in the community. I know that it's not influence that you are wielding, but you certainly have your hands in a lot of things that go on in Greenwood County. Is Greenwood County, are you busy enough to where there should be another probate judge? Or do you feel like one sole probate judge is enough to serve the people of Greenwood? Um,
1: As of now, I think we're handling it just fine. And I give credit to the staff. Um, We have um, have five um, members of my staff and they are just absolutely phenomenal. And right. they, of course, I inherited them when I won in 2010. And Frank Addy was before me, Curtis Clark was before him. And they, and I would say Curtis Clark and uh, Frank Addy has, have done a great job laying the groundwork for having it a very smooth office. Um, we're able to handle the caseload. Um, the, the women are phenomenal. They, and, and I say that because even when I was practicing law, somebody would bring me a will and say, I had a loved one pass away, what do I do? And I would say, well, just walk over to probate court and tell them that you're there to administer an estate that you've never done. Nobody has an idea how to do that when it hits and you're dealing with grief and your emotions are all over the place. I never had anybody come back to my office uh, because the probate court staff was so good. I wish I could take credit for them, but I think I inherited them. We've had some turnover, but I still think that they're rocking and rolling so good that we don't really need to prove it. It's
0: always the people in the trenches. Oh, they, At the end of the day, that you're, the people in your in the trenches, those are the ones that you need executing at a high level. leader
1: leader's only as good as their health. That's right.
0: That's right. So let's talk about a couple other things. Um, earlier this year, and so appropriate that St. Clair is here, uh, because she wrote this story for the index where you inherited a gavel and okay. – were yes. you aware, and I don't know if St. Clair's aware of this, not the AP picked up on the story oh,
1: and the U.S. News. It was actually in the U.S. News and World Report. I, I, it was it was crazy. Uh, yeah. And, you know, I, we could talk. That's really interesting because the gavel. And I don't know if you want me to go there with this story. Uh, belonged to Keith Jameson's great grandfather, I believe, or great, great grandfather. OK. Yeah. One of his relatives. But Keith and I were very good friends in grade school. Um, uh, we went to Furman together. We grew up in the same church together. I never knew his great, great grandfather was a probate judge. And so his mother was my first grade teacher, Keith Jameson. So we, we have deep roots. Um, Keith and I, and then I, at church one day, his mom said we were going through, it might have been her grandma, grandfather's attic and found this gavel from the Greenwood probate judge from like, he was probate judge, Art Cartledge, I believe is his last name, uh, cartridge. Um, and he served from, like, 1941 to 1947 or something around there. And so, I, yeah, that was just a really neat find. And I've got that gavel in my courtroom right now on my bench. If we were to go there right now, I, you, I could show it to you. And it's wow. neat. Wow. That is
0: pretty neat. So... And then
1: the AP picked it up, and, like, Keith kept texting me. He's like, did you see it was in the San Francisco Chronicle? Do you know it was in the Seattle? T-? And I was like, that's crazy. Did these
0: individual outlets contact you, or is when that happens, it's kind of a they just picked up the story? I and think it. they
1: just picked up and ran with it. And I was yeah.
0: sure, okay. So the AP, the AP can kind of cherry pick what stories they right. want.
1: But well, once it got legs, I did find myself Googling every once in a while. I just put, you know, Travis Moore <laughs> gavel enter and then I would see all these you know AP outlets and it was really neat to kind of watch it well so when I do my
0: research I just hit Travis Moore probate judge Greenwood South Carolina and I see the same gavel story through like three or four pages of Google yeah. and I'm like wait a minute hold on what's going on here yeah. and uh it was a re- it's a really great story though it really is and I'm sure it was an honor so let's talk about one other thing You have been named the president of the South Carolina Association of Probate Judges. Um, Huge honor, I would assume. How you you are in that association as soon as you're
1: elected. That's correct. And this is your peers asking you to be the president of the association. That's correct. There's 46 counties in Greenwood. So there's uh, not in Greenwood, South Carolina. So there's 46 probate judges. Um, Some of the bigger counties do have associate probate judges, deputy probate judges. So all of them are within this association. Um, But we have like two or three conferences um, a year, assuming we're not in a pandemic. Yeah, um, right. And so, um, but we normally um, have these conferences and it's educational opportunities, it's networking opportunities. And I served as secretary treasurer for about three or four years. Um, And then we, um, I just went on and it was the second vice president, first vice president. Now they've elected me president. So, and it's quite an honor. But then again, it is during a pandemic and we're having to do our webinars now via zoom. Right. And which is a really weird thing. I got sworn in via zoom and you normally have a banquet, Jake Bartley band played like last time we had a banquet, you know, it was a big to do. And like, and here I am in shorts and a, in a tie and you know, with in front of a computer, but that's, that's guilty. Cool. That's guilty.
0: Right. I am, I am certainly guilty on that. So when let's say it's not a pandemic, right? Uh, Let's say that you all are doing your conference. What do judges do when they're sitting around in a social (laughs) setting?
1: Okay, well, um, we are talking about a lot of times we do talk about the laws, the probate laws. Um, We do not have a lobbying organization to further probate issues within the Columbia within the legislature. So we have a legislative conference. Um, Normally in February Um, and we we talk about uh, proposed legislation bills that have been uh, filed that are impacting the people of Greenwood uh, the probate courts that we're in and so we use that time to go to our senators to our representatives and say hey have y'all thought about this it's going to affect you know these fees in probate court Um, this is going to affect the people of Greenwood by by this and it could be a good thing or a bad thing so we kind of go down there and just kind of let them know as an association what we think about certain legislation um, now, you know, like the Bankers Association or the Pharmacists Association, they have a lot of money. They hire people to go and lobby. Um, we don't have that. So, um, so we really have to go down there and kind of fight for ourselves and fight for the people of Greenwood in our and our counties.
0: You have to have a united front.
1: Yes. It's not always united, but you know, what,
0: what is these days, right?
1: It. Okay. So
0: we normally uh, conclude the podcast by asking a couple of, of simple questions. In your opinion, what does Greenwood do well?
1: Uh, that's great. You know, Greenwood does a lot of things well. I don't see the infighting in Greenwood that I observe in other counties as far as county council and other department heads. Uh, Greenwood County um, has a county administrator, Toby Chappell. They've got a county council, um, and we've always worked so smoothly with them. Um, Mr. Chapel has given us the, you know, I would say he allows us to run our offices we see fit. He doesn't try to control what we do. He understands it's an elected position. Um, so he doesn't have the ability to hire or fire in that position. Uh, so he gives us the ability to um, to run the offices we see fit, and I, and I appreciate that. And I think that's the way it should run. Other counties I see where um, the county council may try to dictate what the probate court should or should not be doing, uh, maybe the county administrator, and we hear some horror stories from right. other counties. So we really work well together, even with the sheriff's department, um, other departments within the county. We all have to work together, um, and there's a lot of cooperation in that so what does greenwood need to improve on and that's a and that's a good question i don't even know how to answer that um because i i i think that from a probate court perspective everything is going very well now we've had to adjust because of the pandemic we're doing everything uh via zoom now but there's no backlog if anybody needs a court case they can get in and get a court case we may be doing it by computer um, but there's, you know, we've adjusted if somebody needs a marriage license, there's now we have an online system where you can get that application online and you don't need to come in like you used to. So we've adjusted to the times. Um, and so I think we as a probate court have improved during the pandemic. We've looked at, um, how the services we provide and we're continuing those services, despite the fact the public is still not coming into our courtroom. So, um there is a silver lining to all of this. And the pandemic has, has
0: forced a lot of us to be more efficient sure. in what we do. Sure, sure. Um, so I was going through your Facebook page, uh, just kind of a fun little question. Do you have a favorite beer? Oh, favorite
1: beer, I do enjoy a good IPA. I, you know, I, I like a Sierra Nevada hazy little thing. Any anything hazy is good. Right. Uh, right. You ever
0: go to over is that to a on good my times? Page? You
1: said you were cruising my Facebook page.
0: And I, I just saw you had a couple beers there. I, I wasn't saying yeah. there was anything there. Uh, too bad okay well that's fine if i wouldn't
1: have wanted it out the public i wouldn't have put it on my facebook page you know so yeah i threw it out there so you're more than welcome to ask me about it uh
0: i do know that you you participate in f3 um that you're you do like to run right. if you could run a marathon anywhere do you have a particular bucket
1: list of where you would want to um, run a marathon i really don't i do like half marathons because i say to do a marathon you got to be crazy and i like to do a half marathon so it means i'm only half crazy Um, But I have enjoyed like Savannah. I do one down there and that's, that's nice. Um, I would really like to do one in Asheville. Um, I've never, you know, I've grew up in Greenwood. I've never been to Asheville. You've got to be kidding me. I, I'm i not kidding you. I would not lie to you. <laughs> and know, that's funny. You said you like
0: Sierra Nevada and I've never the breweries well, out I there. Well, I did do a,
1: a, a relay race. It was the Ville to Ville. It was from Asheville to Greenville. So I did drive up there, and we ran from Asheville to Greenville. But that was like at 4 o'clock in the morning. So I did. We started at Sierra Nevada, I think. Right. But it was like that's the only time I've ever set foot in Asheville. So I would wow. like to do a half marathon or something in Asheville. Maybe it, you built more or something. That's kind of what I would like I to love do. Asheville. You know, so, yeah well i, I wouldn't i don't know if that'd be bucket list i'd like to have bigger bucket lists than to that but i would like to get there
0: yeah well you know that's uh Depends baby on how steps. Big my bucket baby is. steps right? right i think yeah. of a bucket list being uh, like- my bucket is quite large okay <laughs> you're right uh travis thank you so much for doing this thank you for kind of working with us with yeah. our technical difficulties hey, but uh, i i certainly do enjoy it and i hope that the interview has Given folks a little bit more insight into what you do as far as probate court is concerned. How can people reach you?
1: Um, well, I always say if people try to reach me, they can. They can do it through Facebook. I'm on Facebook all the time. I'm on Instagram. Um, they can Google Travis Moore, Greenwood County um, Probate Court. They can call the probate court. Now, it is interesting. I do need to say that I cannot talk one-on-one with anybody if they have a pending case in my a lot of times people call and say, wait, I voted for you. I want to talk to you. I'm like, yeah, but you got a case in front of me. I can't talk to you. Right. So um, it may be ethical rules prohibiting me from speaking with people, but they can contact me and my staff can actually give them directions. Or if,
0: like on the school board, if I talk to you about something that's going on, you got to understand that later on down the road I will not be able to be involved in it. I would have to recuse myself.
1: That's correct. And that's a whole other, yes, we, we can have another ball. Yeah, that's right. But, yeah, but ethical rules do prevent us from uh, having a lot of conversations with people.
0: Well, as always, I want to thank our listeners. Make sure to hit that subscribe button. You can hit us up on Google, Apple, Spotify, Anchor, whatever platform you're listening to. As always, we sure do appreciate you listening. And until next time, we'll see you again, Greenwood. Thank you again for joining us on Greenwood on Deck. Please make sure to look up our Facebook page, Greenwood on Deck Podcast.